Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. Uh, today, I am joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson mm. and the man of the hour, Pastor Jared Cagle. Whoa. Uh, yeah, the man of the, the hour. The voice you're listening to, uh, my name is Josh Richards, uh, better known as Josh X Richards at gmail.com. Just got to throw that in there every episode. <laughs> AKA Triple X, AKA <laughs> Jared. So really, Jay Rich, aka Trout Stream, so many nicknames oh, at this Trout point. Trout Stream's a good one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this week we were in Genesis chapter seventeen, talking about the sign. Uh, Jared got a little PG to PG thirteen <laughs> on yes, on did. Sunday, um, but we're here for it. This this is what the Bible talks about. This is what God is talking about, <laughs> and we're excited to dive into it. So, Love Jared, it. why don't you give us a recap of Sunday's yep. message? Yep. Yep. Little PG, little PG recap. I keep it below the thirteen, you know, <laughs> for our audience. Uh, it's interesting. Before we started, I was I said we were talking about circumcision to the team that was around before before the service started, and they're like, "No, you're not." Blah blah blah. And like I said, the word foreskin, and everybody freaked out. I'm like, guys, it's in the text. Like it's it's in Moses wrote it. God told him to write it, it's there. Foreskin is right. there. We're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sign of the covenant to Abraham, uh, God God told him, I will make you a multitude of nations. He promised him a land flowing milk and honey. Canaan will be their land. They'll have uh, the generations upon generations will come from the line of, of Abraham, and his uh, from his line, all of, the, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. And so with that promise, God gave him a sign, and the sign was to circumcise every male in the flesh of their foreskin at eight days old. They will be circumcised. And so that meant for Abraham, at that point, he was 99, to be circumcised. That's a, that's a big commitment, by the way. <laughs> Didn't spend too much time on that because I don't want images in your head. But 99-year-old patriarch needs to be circumcised. 13-year-old Ishmael needs to be circumcised. Every male of the household when the sign of the covenant was given, uh, and and what God was doing, ultimately, th- there's it's complex when you un when you unpack all of the um, the reasons for circumcision, and we we didn't have time to go into every bit of that, but it is on a high level when you look at it. There's so many parallels to um, why God chose this sign in particular. Because if you're like me, you ask a lot of questions like, "What? I mean, could you not have picked a different part of the body? Could you not have picked, you know, could it have been a tattoo? Could it have been something a little less invasive?" Um, but when you when you think about the promise, this is what I spent a little bit of time on Sunday. The promise of generations upon generations, and and the emphasis of the offspring of Abraham, and and the covenant promise that would be made to him and his children and his children's children and, his, and their children's children, they will be multiplied greatly, God said, in, in this very chapter. It's leading to the sign being on the sexual organ of a man, mm-hmm. of the man that's going to, on, on every man within this lineage that's going to eventually birth from that line the Savior, Jesus Christ, and um, God saying, you're going to consecrate the very part of your body that's going to enact and fulfill this promise that I will make you a multitude of nations, and I will bring um, Jesus from your line, and I will bless all the families of the earth. 
um, we see that also the the cutting off of um, this area of the body is representative of um, cutting putting off the flesh and mm-hmm. cutting cutting off sin and, and and making ourselves presentable and holy to to God this there's so many things in parallels we can unpack here but the real the real point of it all is uh, Jesus this sign of the covenant is and the covenant itself is pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the one who fulfills the covenant. Ultimately, who, who brings ushers in a new circumcision, a better circumcision, a circumcision of the heart, mm-hmm. where the Holy Spirit will then consecrate and, and circumcise our heart um, to, to make us ready, to make us, uh, to make us holy, to sanctify us, and, and then to eventually glorify us in in the presence of God forever. So um, this this sign specifically was a huge argument and disagreement throughout the history of church, and we talked a little bit about that. I don't know how much we want to dive into that today, <laughs> um, but Paul spent a lot of time um, teaching it because it was a huge a huge point of disagreement and, and even heresy. Um, Galatians 5 quickly says that if you accept circumcision, um, you will have no part in Christ. You will have then fallen from grace because you're trusting in your own works, your own religious activity. Um, this is not a physical circumcision. There, there's no physical act that you can um, take part in that will earn your inheritance. This has to be a spiritual circumcision of the heart that the Holy Spirit alone can do. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, Marcus, what were some of your big takeaways from Sunday's message? I think that we have crossed back into the PG-13 realm uh, <laughs> because he he uses the term sexual organ rather than reproductive yeah. organ. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's on me, man. That's true. That's true. It's PG-13. So I think that there's a lot in here and this is the this is the challenge when you look at entire chapters of scripture Jared and I were talking about this earlier when you when you're covering an entire chapter of scripture when you're skipping not not really skipping in a ba- in a bad way but you're you're skipping a lot you're getting to some of the highlights and really some of the the most significant parts of this story of this journey of faith and this the circumcision whether you know, it's kind of foreign or weird to talk about today in our culture, was very significant for God's people. Yeah. Um, like Jared said, it marked them. It, it's what, among a few other things, marked them as God's people. If yeah. you were circumcised, you were a descendant of Abraham, you belonged to the nation of Israel. And again, this is something that we overlook today because it's common pl- uh, commonplace, common practice uh, in hospitals today when babies are born, and there's no there's no mention of why we're asking you if you want to circumcise your child. But this wasn't it wasn't asked asked if you were a Jew. Right. It's like you will do this on the eighth day, or else he's not mm-hmm. one of you know where we overlook it today, where it's lost its significance today really speaks to its fulfillment in Christ. And really it speaks to the fact that he ushered in, like Jared said, the new covenant where God will circumcise our hearts and give us a new heart uh, to where we love and obey him. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. And just something, just following that up, um, that I read in a commentary, it was talking about how, um, you know, this promise, what, like you were saying, wasn't for just if you were a Jew or just a descendant of Abraham, because at this point he doesn't have any direct descendants, but it's for everyone that is under his household, that is, that is under his influence. So whether it was, um, a, a servant that he had in his yeah. house or someone that he had purchased or any of them. So it's not based on race. It's not ba- based on social status. Love it. it is setting apart a people Love for God um, externally. And the only thing that signifies that is this sign. Um, and it's not just for um, this particular these particular descendants because we don't see that yet. Um, <clears throat> so I think that was that was really cool to, yeah. to see there. And, um, you know, and it all starts with, you know, God coming back to Abram after, you know, 13 years of silence, you know, yeah. um, going back to Marcus's message last week, he had that unilateral covenant, but chapter 16, like we just, you know, we skipped over that whole entire chapter. That's where Abram and and Sarah try to, you know, do it themselves with, with Hagar and, you know, she produces Ishmael. And then God comes back and says, no, like I am the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. I am Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, like you were saying in your message, Jared. And you know, I'm going to be the one that brings about this, and you guys can't do that. And so that's why that's why he's asking them to set themselves apart for him, yeah. Um, as opposed to letting them just kind of try to shoehorn this promise into working. Mm. Um, I think it's another good another good instance where we really get to see how human Abraham is, right? Mm-hmm. It, 13 years, and you don't you don't hear anything. Uh, so it would make sense to us, especially in our on-demand, I want it and I want it now culture, where, man, God promised something. Maybe I need to take the next step. Like, maybe he's provided me with all the right things to make this happen. Maybe I need to start looking around to see what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he takes Hagar and... Um, you know, has, she has Ishmael, and there's a whole can of worms that we're, you know, sort of tossing around here. We get to see it again, that he's a human and that he makes mistakes, but God, who made the promise to Abraham, is faithful to fulfill his promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so take us back, Marcus, from last week. You're talking about, you know, unilateral and bilateral covenants. So how does this covenant of circumcision follow up on on that unilateral promise that you're talking about last week. Yeah, so the the or the circumcision is the sign, right? The unilaterals I will I will I will I will mm-hmm. the covenant or the I keep saying it the circumcision is the sign of that covenant. Mm-hmm. And really this is temporal, right? Because it it has its fulfillment in Christ later. So it's not something that's eternal. The sign isn't God right. will circumcise the heart, but it won't be this external sign. Mm. So the, the covenant is still unilateral. The sign is bilateral or temporal, right? Similar to the covenant God made with Abraham or uh, Noah, excuse me, with the rainbow, right? So as long as, as um, the earth exists, the rainbow will be the sign that God won't flood the earth anymore. But that's temporal. Because we know that heaven and earth shall pass away, there shall be a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more death, no more disease, everything else. So we won't necessarily need rainbows to show us that God won't flood Mm. the earth because we will be with him for eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. (laughs) 
That's yeah. good. He jumped up there. He didn't even need an alley oop. <laughs> Yeah, yammed on them. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, so it's interesting too because a lot of times people will make the argument, or at least will interpret scripture as if God's grace began after Jesus came, and that's what I'm hearing you beautiful. You say so so beautifully. There is God's grace. Is I mean, He hasn't changed. Right. It's same yesterday, today, and forever. He was there. He, his grace was there in the beginning. His his mercy to even give Abraham a sign of this covenant to to change Abram's name to Abraham and pack the promise inside of his name. That's the grace of God to say, "I am with you. I am Almighty." By the way, he comes in and introduces himself as the Almighty. The grace of God to say, "Abraham, trust me. I am Almighty." We see it all through Scripture, and we it all it almost lends itself to to say when you when you're talking about the sign being uh, temporal, right? And it, the sign itself, I mean, uh, God counted Abram's faith as righteous. He counted him righteous because of his faith prior to his any of his works, yep. and that's a key key factor in this whole thing. Don't miss the grace of God throughout Scripture. The grace of God, it, he, he counted Abram's, Abram righteous because of his faith prior to him doing anything right in terms of the covenant. And, and we should revel in that truth that, that it is unilateral, that, that God will do it regardless of the blunders that we make and the mistakes we make. Does it mean we should just walk around and, and uh, aimlessly continue to sin and, and do whatever. No, absolutely, we don't abuse grace, um, but we but we rest in it and we rejoice in it. Uh, I think that's a huge point, that, that we see the grace of God throughout all of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, we, we see that righteousness being counted to him because he is believing, because he has faith, before he even does anything. But then following that up, you know, he is, you know, making that covenant with him if he makes the sign, you know, he is, if, if Abraham, yeah, if Abraham makes that sign, he is setting himself apart and he is saying, you know, I believe this promise. You know, I believe that it, that what you have said will come to pass and I am acting in obedience accordance with that and I'm going to live in accordance with that. Um, and that's just kind of what we do as, as believers today. You know, that's what baptism is. That, that is our new sign where it's not necessary for salvation, but we are setting ourselves apart for Christ saying, we believe that he has saved us and we, you know, we are telling the world that, you know, this has happened. Um, and, and we are declaring to the world that we believe all of his promises are going to come true and, you know, we are going to live in that faith. So it's not necessary for the faith, but it is the, you know, it is the revelation in our lives that we believe that faith yeah. and that we are holding to it. It's the consequence of. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah, I think it's tricky, right? Because with with baptism, especially water baptism like we practice here, mm -hmm. it it's difficult um, because if we associate it with circumcision, we're missing that uh, regenerative work that the Holy Spirit can only do, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's where... He gives us new life. He he transforms our heart, and we have new life in Him. You know, and then everything else follows, conversion and and all this other stuff. But 
if we're not careful, it it could it can appear like baptism is is this external symbol, which it is, mm-hmm. which it is, but it's it's more um, of an external profession of what's happened on the inside. Right. Um, I've died with Christ and I've been resurrected in Him, and so I mean, like you were talking about, this was a, a huge issue in the early church. Acts fifteen, the these. Uh, Judaizers who were mm-hmm. heretics, you know, came down there like, why aren't these guys getting circumcised like us? And again, Paul is very clear here and in Galatians and a few other places that that it's no longer needed to to mark God's yeah. people with this external symbol because it has happened inwardly and it is eternal. It can't mm-hmm. be revoked. So, can I imagine their response to that too? I mean, they were. There arose no little disagreement, I think it says in Acts 15. I mean, yeah, they've been they've been doing this for years and years and years. They've, this is this is a very real thing for them that nobody wanted to do. Most likely, now at eight, you don't eight years eight days old, you don't remember it. But it's like, what about them? They're not doing this. What do you mean? And and Paul is going as far as to say, not only do they not need to because of Jesus. But if you're holding on to this, you will have no part in Christ. If you're accepting circumcision as the means for your justification, you have no part in Christ. You've fallen from grace. And that, that's a, you know, I'm sure there, there was no little disagreement, as Acts 15 said. I right. can imagine that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that's where it gets dangerous to me when we start associating it with baptism, right? Because yeah. replace... You're, if you're counting on your baptism for your justification, well, mm-hmm. you've missed the boat, um, especially as it relates to the eight-day-old thing. Like, this eight-day-old child didn't have a decision, uh, didn't make a yeah. choice to be <clears throat> circumcised, didn't make the choice to identify themselves with the external symbol that they were God's people, um, but the parents did. So if you're practicing infant baptism, it becomes a little concerning when the minister or whoever is telling the parents that this marks them as God's people, and they, because they did this, they will be saved. Well, the child had no choice. Mm -hmm. The child made no decision for that, and it becomes super chaotic when this child goes carelessly through life, doesn't have any desire for God or anything else, which is typical of every unsaved, unbelieving person. But if you give them that guarantee that, hey, you did this, yep. you're good. You're damning them to hell. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's why it's just so important to to realize that it, it comes from faith first um, before we do anything external. Yep. Um, and then that, that leads into this the new circumcision, circumcision by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, yes, baptism is an external showing of what is happening on the inside. It's, it's, and it's showing of this new circumcision, but it's, it's cutting away of our flesh and, uh, signifying that, that new life being made into, you know, who we are. Um, this, I mean, this can go to either one of you, but, um, yeah. So what would you like say to people that are, are really struggling with, um, you know, their faith, circumcising the flesh and and trying to really figure out like 
you know, am I like, am I showing enough externally or not? Um, mm. Like, what would you, what would you encourage someone who's struggling with that? Let's hear, let's hear the encouragement from the encouragement. If there's somebody who is is looking at the fruit of their life and trying to determine if it's a result of a genuine salvation, I would tell them that they missed it entirely. Um, it's not. Yeah, we you should have fruit consistent with you know having been saved, but the fruit doesn't determine the salvation. Yeah. So uh, the the thief on the cross, I think, to me, is a good example. He believed, Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise, and now, what did he do? He, there, was not, there was no good fruit after that. He wasn't baptized, he, like nothing, nothing after that. He didn't go to church after, like he didn't, he died on mm-hmm. the cross next to Jesus. Yeah. So he couldn't do anything. It was his faith, just like it was Abraham's, <clears throat> just like it was every, uh, everyone else's, if you read Hebrews 11. In that question, though, there's something unique about it, right? Because this person is either convicted over their sin or they're convicted because they don't have a genuine relationship with the Lord. So rather than the fruit, I probably would um, dig into maybe those two areas. Mm-hmm. Like, walk me that's through good. your testimony, <clears throat> walk me through your salvation experience. Yeah, Tell good. me what sin you're dealing with or wrestling with. I care less about the fruit than I do what happened the day that you, you believe that you were saved. Mm-hmm. And the, the response, ultimately, even, even if you're you're a person that you've been walking with the Lord for years. Maybe 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 you are a Christian that has trusted in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. But you have you found yourself in a pattern of doing 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 for the purpose of make pleasing God or earning favor with God. My encouragement is to repent. And it's never it's never too late to repent. It doesn't nullify what's already happened in your soul. It's, salvation salvation is secure not because of anything you can do or are gonna do or any mistake that you're gonna avoid. Um, it's all because of Him. So the the response, the the biblical response, whether you're a Christian or a non Christian, is to repent and mm-hmm. believe. And that's the beauty of when, when God, the, the emphasis in this text in Genesis 17, right there in verse 7, that, he's, that he has come to be God to you and to your offspring after you. That's The, the promise culminates, in my interpretation, it, it culminates in this reality that he's promising to be God to mm-hmm. you, Elohim. I will be God to you. That's a relational promise. Like, we're... He, he's offering an opportunity for his people to be in relationship with him. So, so today, fast forward however many thousands of years, we're sitting here and we're saying, even if you're holding on to religious activity and you're trying to earn it on your own, repent and come to him in faith, believing that, he, that he's a relational God that wants to walk with you. And as you press into that relationship, you're going to overflow with good deeds and love and kindness towards others and but that's not in order to gain acceptance or an inheritance mm-hmm. it's it's because it's an overflow that 
it's a, it's uh, your heart is overflowing with gratitude, and the, this is what you've been created to do. But the the answer for me is to to come back in repentance every day to this to this God who has promised to be relationally active in your story and walk mm-hmm. with you through it. All right. Well, I think that's that's all we got for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us next week. Uh, where where are we going? The in the intercession. The intercession. All right. Genesis eighteen, next chapter. Read ahead. Get ready. Yeah. yeah. People because, get ready. Because we know before the sermon begins, the reading commences. There we go. Thank you, That's, Julia. Thank you, Julia. Um, yeah. So hopefully. Um, everyone can join us this Sunday at 5 p.m. at City Church Gainesville. Um, leave a like and rating on this podcast if you enjoyed it. Um, and until next time.